Hi, my name is James Shepard, and this is the Merchant Sales Insight. Today, I'm gonna to talk to you about no merchant left behind and how to switch a merchant over when they have an existing contract. Now, this is one of the most common um, you know, objections that we hear out in the field, and it's actually becoming a lot more common and more severe as we see integrated payments coming into the merchant services space. Going into a merchant, just the fact that they want to switch to you doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get the sale because they may have a contract with a $295 termination fee, $500 termination fee, liquidated damages agreement, you know, whatever that might be, right? And so if they get locked into a contract, a lot of times in their mind, they really can't switch until the end of the agreement for a variety of reasons. And so today I wanna to talk to you about how to conquer that particular objection. Before I dive into that, I wanna mention that the sponsor for this Merchant Sales Insight is a company called Paybright. You can learn more about them at gopaybright.com. I love what Dustin Magaziner has done over there, really creating a home for agents where no deal is left behind. In other words, if there's a merchant account that's a profitable account that makes sense, but it requires an upfront investment in free equipment, or it requires some special exception to be made, or it requires something to be, you know, an early termination fee to be paid or something like that, Paybright has a policy of no merchant left behind, and they work really, really hard to get every deal on board that makes sense. So I'd encourage you to go check them out, gopaybright.com, G-O-P-A-Y-B-R-I-G-H-T.com. So how do we overcome this objection? The first key I'll tell you is you have to change this objection into a financial decision, <clears throat> okay? Very simple. It needs to be a financial decision, all right? Now, what do I mean by that? Well, oftentimes in these conversations, when the merchant brings up this issue of their contract, what they're telling you is all these kind of different things, right? Well, I already signed an agreement for three years. I'm really kind of locked into that. And in their mind, it can seem like more than a financial decision. It can seem more like a long-term commitment that they're locked into. <clears throat> it can seem like something that's immovable. They just, they can't change it. And so what we want to do is we want to first start by pivoting the conversation to being purely financial, right? So we clarify with them and say, okay, well, I'm so glad you told me that. One thing I'll tell you about our industry that's interesting is, you know, most companies do have a long-term agreement of some kind. You might, maybe you don't, you have a month to month agreement, right? You could say, you know, we don't have something like that, but I know a lot of companies do. And the way that they protect those agreements is they put these uh, financial damages. You know, there's a, an early termination fee or something like that. In your case, do you happen to know what your early termination would, would be just so we can understand the context? You know, is it 295, 495? You know, do you, any idea what the early termination fee might be? So convert it over to a financial decision. Now, let me also make another application here for integrated payments, right? So <clears throat> when you're talking to somebody and they say, well, we just spent $2,700 on this you know, hardware or we just installed a new point of sale system, we wouldn't want to switch. Again, same thing, talk about it from a financial perspective and say, okay, so what I hear you saying is, even if I can provide you with a great solution and something that would make your business better, one of your concerns would be the cost of actually switching over because there would be an investment in potentially new hardware, new software, and all of that. Is that what you're saying? Yes, okay, let's let's quantify that if we can for a second. So we're talking about some new hardware here. Um, I can tell you right off the bat, this is probably gonna be a $2,000 investment in hardware for somebody, either for you or for me or a combination, but somebody's gonna have to buy a couple thousand dollars worth of hardware in order to make this work. So now the question becomes, what is our return on that investment, right? Um, and so again, we wanna convert to this purely financial conversation 
We talk about the investment first and we say, what is the investment going to be in order for you to leave the company you're with and come to me? The second part of a financial conversation is, what's the return on the investment? Okay, so let me give you a couple of examples of how I like to talk to merchants. Let's use first the, the example of an early termination fee, just a really simple, they're locked into a contract with an early termination fee. Okay, here we go. You ready? I would say to them something like this. I would say, okay, so um, I know your early termination fee is $495, right? And uh, we just discussed that if you switch over to our dual pricing program, we are going to save you $500 a month, right? So let me ask you a question, okay? Hypothetical question. Let's just forget for a minute that I sell payment processing services and point of sale. And let's imagine for a minute that I'm a financial advisor, all right? And I sell stocks and mutual funds and things like that, all right? So if I was an investment advisor for you and I came to you and I said, hey, I have a stock right now and it is selling for $495 per share, right? And it pays a $6,000 annual dividend as long as you hold on to it. So $495 per share, each share pays a $6,000 annual dividend. How many of those shares would you want to buy if you could? And they'll kind of chuckle. A lot of them will understand what you're saying and they'll kind of chuckle about it. Um, but, you know, they'll obviously say something to the effect of, you know, well, yeah, obviously I would, I'd be stupid not to make that investment. And you say, well, I have really bad news for you. I actually only have one share that I can sell you. It's your merchant account. It's going to cost you $495. You have to invest that much in order to, you know, get out of the contract you're in now. But then as a result of that, I'm going to save you $6,000 a year for the life of the account or $2,000 a year or $1,000 a year or $500 a year or whatever it is, right? But you use that kind of financial thing. And it's, uh, I love it because it kind of gets, it's humorous. So it makes them kind of start, you know, thinking about it and smiling and talking with you a little bit more, connecting on it. But also it's true. I mean, it really is a financial decision where they're making a one-time investment and getting a continuous dividend or return on that investment. Now, you can use something very similar when we're talking about uh, selling integrated payments. However, when we're talking about integrated payments and switching a point of sale system, a lot of times we have to talk about not just the financial return, but we're going to talk about an inv a financial investment, but with a return that's not just financial, right? There's going to be efficiencies that are going to lead to financial return. There Maybe there's going to be a new reward system or loyalty program or whatever you have baked into this value proposition that's going to generate value for them. But you, as the sales professional, you've got to kind of quantify that or put that into numbers in some way and say, well, if you were able to make this one-time investment and you knew that every year that you made after you made that investment, you were going to see a 20% increase in employee efficiency. You were going to see a 10% increase in customer satisfaction. You were going to see X amount of savings, right? You want to like outline all of it, right? And then you use that. But again, what's interesting I find is with these larger companies, uh, larger businesses, even medium-sized businesses where they need a big point of sale system and it's a $20,000 investment, in my experience, those are some of the easiest sales to make because the return on investment is so dramatic. You know, these are companies that have plenty of money. You know, their payroll every week is probably $100,000. So for them to spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on a new point of sale software for all their locations, it's not like that's a debilitating expense. They can certainly afford it. If they don't look at it as an expense, the question is, it's an investment. What's the payoff, right? Now, here's the kicker though. There are going to be those merchants where for that merchant, for whatever reason, you just can't get them to make that investment, okay? This is where it becomes a financial decision for you and or your ISO, okay? I mentioned at the beginning, our sponsor is Paybright, gopaybright.com. Um, and one of the things that they do is they partner with their salespeople to make investments 
to get these accounts. So they look at it the way I just described, right? If they say, well, we got a merchant account, it's gonna cost us $3,000 on hardware to get the deal, but we see there's gonna be a residual income of $1,000 a month on you know, dual pricing or whatever. Well, okay, that's a no brainer. They're gonna make that investment and they'll work with you on those deals. Even if your ISO won't work with you, um, you gotta think about this, right? First of all, are you with the right ISO? But secondly, do you have the capital to make it work, right? So the idea is when you're talking about how do I get out of a contract? How do I break a contract? How do I leave my current point of sale company or whatever? You need to convert that conversation into a financial conversation where we're talking about investment or we're talking about return on the investment. That's the key. Then the question is, who's gonna make the investment, right? Can you convince the merchant to do it? And or maybe a combination of these things or do you work with a company like gopaybright.com and get them to help you make the investment so you can get the account. But either way, switching somebody should be a purely financial decision of investment and return on investment. My name is James Shepard. This has been a Merchant Sales Insight.